Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. Did you ever wonder what it would be like to be one of the last people on Earth? We're talking ghost town! Who would you see? There's nobody. I mean, there's nobody. What would you do? Hey, I'm sorry if the end of the world makes me a little nervous. Where would you go? The stars are up ahead! Well, get ready to find out, because the comet is coming into your orbit. The legal drinking age is now 10, but... Comedy? It's the night of the comet. What do you give me if I come back? Texas? Night of the comet. I'll be taking requests from all you teenage comet zombies. The night the teenagers ruled the world. Yeah! Night of the comet. The burden of civilization is on us. Fiction, isn't it? You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Yeah. Fuck it. We're gonna do it I, live. I forgot to mute. That's okay. <laughs> That's you're, play, you're playing that trailer. Is that the comedy's coming to you? I was like, comedy? It's like, oops. <laughs> really? It, this is it, a comedy? It, it, what he said was comet. The comet is coming to you. That's what he said. The comedy is coming to you. I initially thought that as well until I re-listened to it now I, I watched the the opening of it a little bit when I when I grabbed the trailer, and they're really playing it more a happy go lucky than oh it's the end of the world kind of thing. Well, yeah, and then when you said comedy, I was like, no, 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 it's comet. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, fucking mute. Mm. It's okay. 
Welcome to Movie Sugtastic. Uh, yeah. The one that doesn't know how to mute is Scott, and yeah. the one chastising the other is Joey. I didn't chastise you. I don't think mm. so. Uh, this you is episode, should. what I want to clarify, actually, is this is episode 213. Not like what I said last week, where last week was episode 213. Ah, uh, you got it wrong. Last week was 212. This is 213. Anyway. Right. Check out that anyway. old font. Oh, man. <laughs> but the opening of the film, it's got that old school kind of, uh, you know, like goldish kind of font, you know, goth- it's gothic. supposed to have like fire, uh, uh, you know, glancing off of it or reflecting into it. Yeah. And it just, it doesn't work. It's no, just not... it's just really dark. And yeah. then uh, they show the comet going towards Earth. And of course, the, it's being narrated at that point, uh, which is... Uh, the citizens of Earth are going to get an extra Christmas present this year. It's like Rod Serling's introducing the movie. <laughs> I mean, it's just... And, uh, and totally unneeded. There's no need for that. It's almost like it was an afterthought. Oh, we better explain what this movie is before it starts. No need for any of that narration. Nothing. None of it. It could all have just started with, like, end of, you know, Comet Party and everything going on. Everything's explained in the first 10 minutes of the film, you don't need the narrator to explain to you what's happening. They just have this creepy kind of narration overtone to it. And I think you're, I don't think, I think it was an afterthought. It was like, yeah, we got to put something there. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't what they planned from the beginning. Um, Yeah. It really feels tacked on. It's not needed. It's, it's horrible. Horrible. So it's not off to a good start with Night of the Comet. No, no. It's, this is the opening of the film too, where the theater owner, is uh, he's trying to sell one of those stupid uh, alien antennas? He goes, "This is a this is a this nine fifty. The, the the young lady over here is wearing a seven fifty. <laughs> this is much higher quality, of course." And that can't have been scripted. That's <laughs> got to be like an ad lib thing where he's just like, "All right, just just uh, like I don't know. If, I don't even know if they planned on like using the audio originally. He's like, just you got to try to sell them this stuff." Right. He's so like, cool. "Yeah, no problem. I used to, I used to I sold cars for twelve years. This is easy. <laughs> you know." <laughs> just just go with it. You know, it was interesting. My wife actually watched this film with me because this is one of her favorite films. I grew up with this film, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I told her, I said, you know, we're going to watch Night of the Comet. It's one of the films we're going to review. She's like, okay, I'm there. I'm going to watch it. And if anyone listens to the show, uh, they've heard me say that she never watches any of the challenges with me. Ever. Scott makes Holly watch them, <laughs> and she does. Mare... My wife, just never. So when she heard that we were actually going to review this, she watched it with me. And, oh, she loves this movie. This movie can't do no wrong. <laughs> and in re-watching it, Scott, he said he took some notes. In re-watching this, I noticed a couple of things. Uh, I'm like, oh, I, never oh, yeah. no- I never noticed that before. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I mean, the one th- in the, it's not necessarily not noticed, but at the beginning it opens up, as you said, it's in the movie theater, the, everybody's having this end-of-the-world comet party, uh, and uh, one of our two main actresses, uh, the uh, characters, Regina, also Reg, right. uh, which is interesting, and we'll get to that, uh, she's playing, she's the worst employee ever, she's playing video games while she should be working, yeah. she, lips, she gives lip to her boss, uh, her boss is kind of laid back though, so he doesn't care, and uh, she's banging the, the um, projectionist. <laughs> Which is uh, what's his face? Uh, that's Holy Uncle, shit! Uncle Jack from Breaking Bad. Um, he was in. Uh, he had a small part in Kill Bill. He was the guy that was letting people rape uh, Uma Thurman. Oh, Beatrice's Frank. character, Frank. 
Uncle um, Frank. No, yeah, no, I'm Uncle, watching. No, I'm watching Uncle this, Jack. and, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, Uncle I recognize Jack him from. It was Uncle Jack from uh, Breaking Bad. Uncle Frank. Jack. I'm almost positive it was Uncle Frank. Well, you're wrong. I wrote down Uncle Frank. Well, I don't know who the fuck Uncle Frank is, but sure it was it's Uncle Jack. It was Uncle Jack. Really? So, so if we look that up right now, it's Uncle let's, Jack. Let's let's screech the show to a fucking halt. So because that... I could have sworn it was Uncle Frank. <laughs> yeah, because I'd be afraid of an Uncle Frank. No, it's an Uncle Jack. You're right. I don't know where I got Frank. From. I don't know where the fuck you got that from. But I, I thought I recognized anyway. him. I'm like, you know what? He look he looks like a young version of that 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 skeevy porn actor. You know the one I'm talking about, uh, with the long hair. And I was like, I, where is this guy from? And I'm look, just scrolling through his IMDb credit credits. It's like I I couldn't fucking believe it was Uncle Jack. You mean like uh, John Horner? Not John Horner. I'm not gonna get into it, but you know what I'm talking about. Do I? And I'm trying to yeah. think of all the skeevy, long-haired porno stars. <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, Obviously, this is an '80s porno star. Uh, no, he's around today. He is a, still That's working. That's why I said a young version of him. Oh. Uh, I'm not gonna again. You're sidetracking. I'm sidetracking. Anyway, yeah, I, I was just I was blown away because like, holy fuck, he's like old and miserable in, in that. And like, I grew up with this film. That means I'm old and miserable. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this yeah. isn't good. Yeah. I mean, he's like only in his early to mid twenties in this, so uh, yeah, he's pushing his uh, late fifties, early sixties at this point. I mean, what, all the eighties stuff in this didn't make me feel old. Him as a, like a teenager that made me feel old. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, he's oh. so fucking young. <laughs> and and uh, so when she spends and like it's everybody's having this comet party now. The whole basic plot is the comet comes through. Uh, Featuring some of the worst Comet special effects ever. Oh, this is the newscaster. The, the, oh, I this guy's great. The Newfoundland <laughs> or Newfoundland. <laughs> well, I, I just like the fact that, like, you can tell on his face, like, he knows something horrible is going on, but he's like. Yeah, because really like at the because at the end he's like uh, we look like we have a pretty good crowd out here and he's just kind of looking over his shoulders. <laughs> it's like a schizophrenic job. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody's having fun. It's like they're all dying. <laughs> We're all gonna die. But you know you don't you can't risk your career in a situation like that. That's right. <laughs> I I, never, I don't think I ever really fully noticed that like he knew. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He's, he's in reports. Yeah, every everything's down in Newfoundland. It's, it's, it's like it's sweeping across the the, the globe. We've, like, we've lost uh, yeah, radio and, now let's, and let's television for the countdown. <laughs> we've lost radio and television television communication down there. Newfoundland. That, that's not good. Yeah, he's like Newfoundland <laughs> or Newfoundland. <laughs> he says Funland, Newfoundland, Newfoundland or Newfoundland. Yeah. And now, and so also, uh, Reg's sister Samantha or Sam. Sam. And what I find interesting is the two female characters both have boy names, technically, yeah. male names. Regina is short for Re Reggie. They call her Reggie or Reg. Samantha is called Sam or Sammy throughout the film. Now, I think it makes sense. I think it's actually decent screenwriting because it's revealed that they have a father who's military and overseas, and they're currently being watched by their stepmother, who's a whore. Yeah, big time. And so the idea of a military man having two girls and giving them like semi boys names, that actually is like good writing. I I, I like that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And it seems like there's this subplot that they might have gotten into that they just cut short, but they kept the uh, the boy names. And if you think about it, I mean the whole idea is they survived this comet radiation because they're in like a steel or lead 
enclosure when it happens, so they're protected from the radiation. Right. Um, now, immediately, when I start going down this line, it's, okay, their father's uh, overseas. I, I forgot about that when I first saw the film. They're both named boy names. You know, he taught them how to fight and use guns and stuff, which is a great to get, you know, so when you have these girls with Uzis and stuff, you don't have to, like, well, how they learn. So, all, right, all right, they got some background training. But if they wanted to do a sequel after this had been done, they could have had the father was, like, in a tank during it, and so he survived. Sure. They, or something, it or could have been or ten, like ten different scenarios he could he survives. Yeah, in the military, in uh, Banana Land, as his uh, lovely uh, whore <laughs> wife put it. Uh, and I, I, one of my favorite lines in the film is uh, when Sam gets in a fight with, uh, what was the, 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 the stepmother, Doris. Doris, Doris. Stepmother, Doris. Where he says, you were born with an asshole, Doris. You don't need Chuck. <laughs> and then the and then the wonderful slap fight after that. It's like, that's a great scene. Yeah, and she goes to Chuck. She says, oh, I'll never marry a man again with kids. <laughs> it's like, what? Whore. Whore. Such a whore. Biggest whore on the block, and the whole like, block's she, out there. It's like, does she plan on Daddy not coming home? What the fuck? Well, she says that. She goes, if he doesn't get killed, he'll blame me for whatever happens to you out in banana land. Did he show her, like, fingers crossed when she said that? Yeah. Please. Wow. <laughs> Harsh. Not a nice lady. No, not at and all. Gets, and gets billing over Mary Warnoff. What the fuck? She she was billed over her, huh? Yeah. And, and she's in the film for, like, a fraction of the time that Mary is. That's right. Mary Warnoff deserves top billing because she's awesome. I love Mary Warnoff. Yes, I do too. If this was uh, a straight-up film, uh, and I was challenging you, I think I might have to go Nomads just to get another Mary Warnoff film in there. But this is a this is a user chat or user. This is a, a listener <laughs> uh, audience uh, choice challenge, however we want to yes. call it. So mm -hmm. uh, it does not listener apply. Appreciation. Listener appreciation, 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 appreciated. Right. Mary Warnoff, great. I, I would even go... Uh, now, where Mary Warnoff, um, she, as far as I know, she recommended... Um, what's his name? Uh, Michael Bowen? Not oh. Michael Bowen, the other guy. Robert uh, Robert Beltran. Oh, really? He plays Hector because he starred with her in uh, the few years before in um, uh, Eating Raul. Oh, that was what only a year earlier, right? Eating like a year or two ago, not that far. And before that, right? And before that, uh, I recognized him immediately from that. Robert Beltran was in um, Lone Wolf McQuaid. Oh, was he? He's he's uh, Chuck Norris's sidekick. Lone Wolf McQuaid, one of my personal favorite Chuck Norris films. I don't have many of them. I grew up with that one because he drives a truck, right? And he, they bury him alive, but he drives out. It's a great one. And I Robert love Beltran uh, still alive. Yeah, good. but I think, I but oddly enough, I think he peaked with Night of the Comet because I I don't know of anything major he was in. I think it's the most popular thing he was in, time wise. And then after that, he just kind of like drops off. He's still working. He's still working, but I don't think he's done anything that people remember as well as this. Probably not. Although, it, as of now, he's got three projects. He's got Star Trek Renegades. Oh, yeah. Resilient 3D. Oh, boy, 3D. And The Circuit. And he, and he, did, a, uh, he did some voice work for the animated film Freebirds. Right. But I mean, like, everything else. He did a lot of TV work after this. Um, 
But uh, you know, after night of the creep, after night of the, night of the comet, you know, he went right from that to an episode of Street Hawk. I mean, yeah, I don't, what, what? Yeah, that's no. He does have a reoccurring uh, character on Star Trek. He's been playing the same character for twenty years. Yeah, but does anybody remember him from it? I don't know. Well, the, the Trekkies do. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like you know, if if you like Night of the Comets, the last film he did that like that people talk about still. Oh, I'm sure. So it's you know, it's I, the I, the one thing I recognize him the most from. So well, that eating Raul and Lone Wolf McQuaid. Not so much Lone Wolf McQuaid, but definitely <laughs> me, eating Raul me, yeah. in this. Yeah, but you. Yeah. Raul, yeah. Um. I, and I was I was I was talking to Holly about it. She's like, "Yeah, wasn't wasn't he uh, in like V? Wasn't he like the guy like that goes Nazi?" No. <laughs> it's like, no. I know who you're talking about. It's not. That's not him. <laughs> Are you saying they all look alike? <laughs> Is that I, what she's saying? I'm saying, I'm saying he wasn't Hispanic. <laughs> in, in in V, I don't think. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, that's all I'm saying. That's or it. Mexican or whatever. Or Mexican. Um, but yeah, oh. I I. I I enjoy him in this film as I enjoyed him in the other two. Yeah. Um, so what ends up happening is after they spend the night in, you know, uh, Sam, you find out that she spends it in a lawn shed, which is interesting because yeah. most, you know, most lawn sheds back then were made of steel or aluminum. And I just bought a lawn shed and put it up and it's just made of resin and plastic. So mm. if I hid in that, I'd be dead if the right. comet came around. <laughs> if, if you hid in there because your stepmom was slapping you around, yes. That, that's right, yes. Yeah. Uh, but you find out that she uh, stayed in a lawn shed all night, which makes... I guess it makes sense. I mean, she just wanted to go somewhere else to pretend she ran away. But you gotta, it's like, you got to get her to survive. We need to film. We need but, characters but, to talk to each other. But, but yeah. who's, who's winning that night? You're in a lawn shed. <laughs> uh and then the obviously uh, red. Well, she, she spends she the night is at the movie theater because she's alive. Of course, she fucking won. What are you talking about? I'm talking about it. Just take the comet, the apocalypse, out of out of the equation. If, oh, if the comet, if the comet hadn't killed everybody else on the planet, yeah, she would have had the raw end of the deal. But you know, timing's everything. <laughs> well, sir. of course, of course. Yeah. Um, no, I, I have to. I, can't, I have to underline it again. Can't stress it enough. Worst comet effects ever. Oh, they're awful. At one at one moment. The the sky flashes like a uh, leopard print. Yeah. <laughs> so what the fuck? Is, this is two eighties. Come on, really? And the movie it, it was made for seven hundred thousand dollars, and back in even eighty four, that was pretty cheap. And it was it's beautifully shot. It's very nice. It's this looks great shot. in HD. Great in HD. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the city uh, shots uh, are animated or drawn. Um, you can tell, but they're done really well. So and because also, they're, they're using a lot, a lot of real, they they stop traffic at certain points in the morning to right. shoot a lot of scenes. So there are real scenes as well. It's not all. Oh like, yeah, yeah. No well, real... even when they had real shots of the skyline, and mm-hmm. they you know they um, interjected their drawings and and you know things of that nature, it's done because they're putting in like a red orangey type sky. Like there's right. this, still this this haze from the comet, this poison in the air. And they're giving the city well, this, this. It's not the poison. It's it's the dust the of dust. all the people. Uh, correct. It's the um, red dust. It's well, the calcium dust that was left behind when the people were disintegrated. That's what's filling the air. The air is red with the dust of well, the. Well, and that's why they show it. You know, near the end of the film, when it rains, you you see all the which, dust wash away. Which which you just jump to the end, but I, I will say that was that's a that's a brilliant scene. Well, it's a very it's it's biblical in a sense. You know, like rain cometh and washeth away sin you know things of that nature i, I don't know if that's I, what they were going for 
No. But, I mean, it was definitely the rain signifying a cleansing of everything. Yeah. We'll dial so. back the religious overtones and say it's a kind of a a um, a cleansing, as you put it, almost a, uh, uh, well, yeah. a, a baptism of the new world. Yeah, we, we The only problem is now it's infecting their water supply, but that's a whole different story. It's calcium. It's, not, it's, cheap. it's, more, it's better for you than fluoride. <laughs> now... At the beginning, when um, when uh, and I love the reveal too yeah. of uh, when oh, that, that, uh, what? No, I was just going to say very quickly. This film was made during a time of when Haley's Comet was actually coming around. Right. When we and were they, growing they up, off that. and they really did feed off of it. So you know, you, okay, this thing hasn't it hasn't happened in you know, eighty or ninety years because Haley's Comet only comes around that often. And they're like, let's make a horror movie out of this. Let's scare people. You know, what if it, it came and it just it wiped out society? Well, so, horror film. Well, the film actually did pretty well financially. I mean, it cost 700000 but made $15 million at the box office. It was a very popular film at the time. Which I, I'm it surprised didn't it didn't yield a sequel. Good. You know what? Good. Thank God. It's, well, it's, it's, it's refreshing. Well, I will say, Kelly Maroney, uh, who's the girl that plays Sam, mm -hmm. uh, she's been petitioning for a sequel for a while now and they got very close to getting a green light for it and it just didn't happen yeah let 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 it lay it's perfect the way it is well here's the, and this shouldn't make a difference i have no idea what kelly maroney looks like these days but she's in her 50s is it still going to work with her being in that age bracket i'm sure they can find some young girls like maybe his grand her granddaughters or granddaughters to play along with them uh-huh all right, Miss Mister Sexist. What? <laughs> no, I'm talking about a film that was popular thirty plus years ago, and with the same cast. Come on, you know how much Botox and plastic surgery? Uh, it's it's not gonna look right. Depends. Dude, it's not sexist. I'm just talking about what looks right. And ageist. That's oh, horrible. Age. Wow. Um. Now I, I love the reveals of when uh, when Reggie leaves the the theater after her boyfriend's beaten to death by a, a homeless guy, uh, which is a homeless good. A homeless black guy. Homeless black. What? Why does that matter? <laughs> That's the only reason I brought. It's the only the reason I brought it up. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I love it too because she's like he's like come here. <laughs> you know who else like, is racist? It's gonna rape her first. That's what's gonna happen. You know who else is racist? <laughs> uh, who? Sam. Not Sam, uh, Reggie. Yeah, she seems pretty racist. Because when she, when, it, when Hector meets them, uh, and she uh, first she's like Hector. I was like, oh, okay, that's a bit uncalled for. And then she's like looking at his gun, says, "Where'd you get this? A dime store? This may be good for date night in the barrio, but uh, if we, <laughs> it's like what? Well, it's fucking... And then even he's like, date night in the barrio, really? <laughs> this fucking army brat, really? <laughs> just around AKs yeah. and why don't you just call me a spit? Uzi's... What the fuck's up with this? You know, get, get it out of your get it out of your system here. What the fuck? That's right, I it's... get it. <laughs> You'll ne you would never date someone like me. Yeah, well, a little bit of that '80s harshness comes through because even with um, her sister, late when they're shopping, she's like, you know, uh, the he's you know he didn't make it past you on the first night. He's either a gentleman or a fag. It's like, whoa, <laughs> girls, please. Well, she well she pre prefaces that with, uh, what if he's having the same problem we ha we have? And she's like, what are you talking right. about? <laughs> There's no men. <laughs> and then she went with the uh, gentleman or a fag, and it's like, yeah, wow. In in rewatching it, I was like, I was like, holy shit! I, I took it the same way. I'm like, wow. 
Talk about I, making I, some know, strides. I, 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 well, they meet it, him at the radio station because um, Reg convinces Sam that there's a fucking problem. You know, there aren't any people. There's no kids playing out. Uh, it's a Saturday. Scene, when she, and that whole scene where she's out showing her like all the bodies and the dust, it reminds me of the pilot episode of Red Dwarf. Oh, yeah. It's like everybody's dead, Dave. <laughs> it's like, what's all this powder? <laughs> really? Uh, like, when did Red Dwarf come out? Because that's that's. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think before that. It wasn't before that. It was no. it was it was around the Close. same time. Eighty five, eighty six, I think. Eighty eight, eighty eight. Red Dwarf started in eighty eight. Eighty eight. Wow. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was a little earlier than that. Well, anyway, so she convinces her that there's a problem, and they're both listening to the radio, and they're like, well, this guy seems to be okay. Let's go to the radio station. And, of course, they find out that it's just uh, a bunch of reel-to-reel tapes just going continuously. Uh, and then that's when they meet Hector. Who heard the same thing. He heard the same thing. Oh, no. Well, he now, came in the that- town with some other girl, and uh, she got freaked out because she, they saw these zombie things eating a cat, and she just ran out screaming. Right. And there- Right, and during the cat-eating dialogue, I never noticed before, Hector takes his gloves off. Twice. Oh, <laughs> you caught a continuity error? Yeah, I, I wasn't even paying attention to the gloves, but I was like, wait, he's taking them off again. Yeah, they, they cut away from him, and they cut back. Like he's Because he doesn't just take them off, he like pulls each finger separately, and he takes one glove off. They cut away while he's talking, and they cut back to him again, and then... Both gloves are on, and he starts pulling the fingers again. It's like, ah, oh, come on. Little one. Little continuity. I'm not, you know, not nitpicking, but it was an interesting catch. It's like, oh, yeah. Now, back in the movie theater, I also like that when um, she leaves the theater, you see a, the movie poster for Death Race 2000. I saw that. It was on the door. She is post-apocalyptic, and Mary Warrenoff was in it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, when when the, the uh, projectionist guy, when Uncle Jack gets beaten to death by the the homeless guy uh the movie poster on the back of the door there is for red dust which is a 1932 film oh you know what there was a couple of other movie posters that were in the theater itself um that i recognized i wish i wrote them down but but those two tied in specifically with the theme of the film red dust because that's what everybody became you know, so that I I, I like that. I thought it was a nice little touch. It showed that, the, that they were thinking they weren't just throwing together a film. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, now I, I also read that Josh Josh Sweden yeah. has said that Night of the Comet uh, is what inspired him to do the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Really? Why? Because the the movie. No, I know. Just like the but... t- I guess the tone. I guess. Huh. And it's interesting because when uh, Sam comes down to the house in the morning, and she pulls up, she lifts up her dog's leash from a pile of red ash. A red dust, and she calls the dog's name out, and the dog's name is Buffy. Oh, I didn't. I missed that. So that's interesting. I did uh, fall. I sh- did fall asleep watching this last night. <laughs> <laughs> you amateur! I, I was, was glued to the screen. I was fucking tired. I had to rewatch it. And Mare says to me, uh, she says, "You fell asleep through half the movie. You're gonna have to watch this again." I'm like, "No, I don't." <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, I, 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 I miss little things like Buffy for the dog, but you tied it in with Joss Whedon, so... But it's just like, yeah, I really don't need to re- watch this again. I enjoy the film, but I don't need to wa- watch it again to, to review it. I, I mean, it is it is a quintessential 80s film. I think why everybody loves it, too. It's, it's like one of those 80s films that just everyone en- looks back on fondly. Oh, yeah. Looks, it, was, it was a cinem- and, uh, Cinemax special. And the film really captures the 80s everything from the shopping malls to the big hair uh to the neon 
to that kind of synthesizer music through most of it. Yep. Uh, even uh, girls just want to have fun during the mall shopping scene. Yeah, I'm surprised I got that song. I, I don't know, but I, th- I, th- I thought that was an early re- release of the song. Like, it was before the album came out. It's, something of that it nature. It sounded uh, slightly different than the final cut of it, the song. It's like different music. Yeah, it's like different music, but the same vocals. Yeah, I, yeah, you could tell it's the same song and that it's really close to the final cut, but definitely sounded slightly different. Yeah, so I, I wonder if that was like before um, that song actually came out big time. Didn't that song... Didn't that, didn't that so- wasn't that song also in Goonies when he's... Uh, Exercising the big brothers exercising and they 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 tie him to the chair. Yes, pretty sure. And that had the music video and everything. That's just a simple a year later. That was an MTV music video and and whatnot. So it was the song was released in eighty three. Eighty three. And the movie came out in eighty four. So the song was released while they were making the film. Yeah, so that makes sense that it was. So before before it was big, it must have just gotten in there. Huh pretty neat and they, they made the movie in 85 girls just want to have fun so that, so in two years that song got enough clout behind it to make a whole movie based on it wow yeah <laughs> hey well that was the time to be a pop star the 80s and 90s oh hang on oh i'm looking i'm just looking up all this interesting information uh the song was first written and recorded in 1979 uh and her version was released in 83, so it wasn't even her song originally. Maybe this was it the 79 version that was playing? No, because cheaper? she sang the version we heard. and The, the 79 version was uh, written and recorded by American musician Robert Hazard. No, never mind that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... But it, it, it was the song was new when it came out, so okay. it, it wasn't like they were like, oh, Sydney Lauper's popular, let's put this in. They got a song that sounded good, they threw it in there. Um. So... Earlier, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. Earlier, you you had uh, said that, uh, or you had thought that the trailer said that it was a comedy, which it does have comedic elements. Yes, it does. uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a comedy. No, well, he didn't say comedy; he did say comet. But okay, um, like when he goes home, when he tells, uh, when he tells Reg that he's going home, and uh, she says, "Don't go," and he's like, "Well, what do you give me?" Well, the comparison is back then she she gives him Texas, <laughs> and it's a little joke. It, if this movie was being made now, there probably would have been a sexual innuendo of some kind. Well, the undertone was there, and the whole point was they were avoiding that. Yeah, and considering I'm just that saying the last now they wouldn't have. With, That's all considering the considering the last guy she slept with promised her fifteen bucks and didn't even give her that. <laughs> Damn, Uncle Jack! What <laughs> what's with all the greed? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I like it when he does go home. He pulls up with his, the, the the Mack truck, and mm-hmm. pulls up, thinks he hears something. Uh, he's like, "Ma!" and because he, he's going to his mother's house, and he runs inside, and there's <laughs> someone knocks on the door, and he answers it. <laughs> it's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and it's some little creepy kid, <laughs> and he's he's getting chased through the house. He goes, "You're lucky I like kids." <laughs> It's like at any point he could have shot him in the face. Which, and that is almost lifted from Dawn of the Dead, the original Romero film. Oh, that's true. Uh, which is the same thing with two children attacking the sniper when they go to refuel the helicopter. Right. And then the one thing that I noticed, not I guess it's not a mistake, but it was one of those, well, why did he do that moments for me? Well, when he's leaving, the other comedic element, he goes, oh, there goes the neighborhood. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> wow. Uh, but... 
when he escapes through the the window from mm-hmm. the bathroom, he just runs down the street. It's like, why don't you just go to your truck that's parked out front? Well, because he can get any car he wants. The, everybody's dead. Everybody is dead, Dave. But he seems pretty partial to the truck. No, he, he seemed pretty fine with the nice car he drove back in. No, I get that. But the truck, <laughs> it's right there. You don't have to run yeah. down the street and try and hotwire another one. Well, it's time I'm, to trade up. I'm reading into it too much. I, yes, I'm admitting, you are. I'm admitting that. <laughs> but if it was me and there's a little zombie kid chasing me, I'm going to go to the nearest vehicle that I don't have to hotwire, and that's and the truck gonna, right across the street. And he's going he's gonna to eat you while you're trying to get into the truck. Okay, so same goes for him trying to hotwire a car then. Well, that's that blocks away. The kid doesn't can't follow him. Blocks I mean, come on. away. I I, you're, I think you're really reading way too much into it. No, just, it was a fun little scene. You have to ruin he it. He didn't have to hotwire the truck. It's ready to go. He didn't speaking steal of, it. Speaking of fun little scenes, here's yep. one that it's not fun little scene. Yeah. The film loses points for the opening narration. It also loses loses points for the double dream sequence. Oh yeah, when I saw that, I'm like, yeah, Scott's gonna have a real problem with this. <laughs> I forgot about the double dream sequence. I didn't. It always bothered well, me. Well, here's the thing. Also, what, uh, when I watched it uh, last night and that happened, I'm like, well, if I was challenging uh, Scott something, I might go Raising Kane. <laughs> <sighs> it's like the double dream sequence. It's like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. The, the dream wake-up scare is bad enough, but when it happens in a dream within a dream, this isn't the fucking uh, Inception. You know? It's, <laughs> it's, oh, God. Uh Anyway, uh, I'll skip past that. Um, also, this film has no love for the Mac Ten. The Mac Ten. Yeah, the the gun they're using. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, they just every chance they get, they shit talk the Mac Ten. It's, like, it's <laughs> kind of uncalled for, I think. I don't know. <laughs> it's like Dad well, would have bought a Susie's. Yeah, they're army brats. What do you Fine. expect? Now, now, all right. The hero of this film. The hero. Willie, Willie, King of the Stock Boys. <laughs> Fuck, what a performance. I love Willie. Willie's the man. Turn that shit off. <laughs> I'm not crazy. I just don't give a fuck. Yeah, they got the they got a fuck in there. Because um there's a couple of other scenes in the film where they they, they probably had fuck. And they voiced over different words. Like when she's on the roof with uh, Sam and Reg are on the roof. And she tells her that, uh, you know, she's jealous because she eyes up every... And the words that they use were freaking guy. And you could tell yeah. it was a voiceover. So I'm sure the film had a lot more fucks in there that they cut back to get a PG-13. As, as they should have. And this film really needed to be PG-13. There's well, nothing it, hard about it to be nah. R. Well, it, and, and if it was an R, it would have... This is one of those f- scenarios where you could, you could absolutely uh, agree that it wouldn't have made as much money as it did if it wasn't a PG thirteen. Right. You want to get as many asses in seats as possible, and if it's an R, no parent is taking their kid to see this. Right. But Willie's the man. I love that scene. In Let's the play a game called Scary Noises. <laughs> Just for a little bit part. I mean, he, every, I, you know. You can't talk about the film without talking about Willie. Good old Willie. Willie's the man. Oh, man. Fucking. I want to see more of his story. Yeah, right? Of course, we can't because the think tank goons come in and ruin everything. (laughs) 
Now, Mary yeah, Warnoff... Which they, they, take, they, they get exposed. Mary, Mary, you're, you're jumping ahead. Mary Warnoff and the Think Tank gang are uh, like a think tank that knew this was going to happen, so they sealed themselves off in their bunker to outlast the storm, but they left the air vents open. Yeah, that, that's the ventilation vent. <laughs> yeah. So they get exposed, but they get exposed just a little bit, so it takes a lot longer for them to uh, turn, so to say. Right. So, and what basically is if, if you were partially exposed, your body slowly disintegrates. And at a certain point, you become like a zombie just because you you lose all the moisture in your brain. And when that happens, it, it's a lost cause. That's right. And even Mary Warrenoff, she's she's pleading with him. It's like, yeah, I think it's a bad idea if we go get these kids. And uh, Jeffrey Lewis, uh, who plays uh, Carter, he disagrees. He wants well, to try she and, and well, help she them. She's, she's, even though she's saying it's a bad idea, she's objecting on moral grounds because they want to kill these people and take their blood to make serum. Right. 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 And so, she's against that. Yeah, she is. And yeah. she has a really good part in this film, too, because even though she's going down, uh, she's, she's going down this road as far as turning, uh, she doesn't lose her morality. She actually protects Sam by uh, by injecting her with the, what is it sodium benthol or something like that something like that something so like that just so she looks like she's dead so that they wouldn't try and uh, you know bleed her dry so but uh, she's just slowly going down this the the tubes and uh, she's still a moral person which is you know very very cool uh, that they wrote her that way because Mary Warrenoff's characters. Um, Usually, are a little bit more on the darker side. She's still kind of dark here. I mean, she's with yeah. the think tank. Well, she, is with the, not yeah, a... she is with the think tank, but Jeffrey Lewis yeah. is the crazy one. Carter. Ah, I told her you got crabs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Philo. Sorry. <laughs> so, who played Willie? Ivan E. Roth. Yeah, you know, just a bit part. What else has he done? Nothing real. Night of the Creeps, he was like one of the zombies. Man, last thing he did was uh, Ride Me in 1994. He played a lot of zombies. Played, he played a mummy in Tales from the Crypt. Crack me up. Love great. Yeah, he, he was in Night of the Creeps. He was a psycho zombie. <laughs> Uh-oh, we lost Scott. Uh, here, let's dis let's disconnect from the old chap. Oh no. Oh no. Um so uh, here we go. Are you back? Oh, this isn't good. Wow, we haven't had a Scott disconnect in a long time. Hello? Hello? Are you there? Mr. Wilson? Yes? <laughs> this is great radio. Scott!
Alright, experiencing some technical difficulties. Maybe we'll watch the movie together. Yes? I'm blaming you. No. I was just going to start watching the movie with the audience. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we're in that double dream sequence right now. <laughs> what happened? Uh, I, I'm blaming you. Someone watching movies off your plex? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, if they are, I'm going to turn that shit off. I'll, I'll let you know if someone's watching movies off my plex. Someone is. I'm rock solid. What are they watching? Somebody's watching Due Date. Meh. Nope, nobody's on my Plex. It's your fault, not mine. It's not my fault. Oh, you know, it's definitely your fault. You can drive a truck uh, through through the pipe that is my internet, okay? I, I, I like uh, I, I like um, Jeffrey Lewis. My favorite line of his in the whole film is, What's that? <laughs> Someone doesn't believe in Santa Claus? <laughs> Creepiest fucking line ever. <laughs> that uh, delivery, that's, that's like, I almost want that on my phone. It's just to say, What's that? <laughs> I believe in Santa Claus. It's Juliet Lewis's dad. Uh huh. I didn't know that for the longest time. Yeah. Um. They 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 go to save. Uh, Hector and Sam go to save Reg from the think tank people, and there's also these two kids there as well that they're going to drain of the blood, and the two nurses that are uh, gleefully <laughs> prepping these kids to, right. to kill their brain functions and suck their blood dry. Uh, they're they're telling them like, oh, you're gonna go meet Santa Claus and live in the North Pole with him when you wake up for the rest of your life. <laughs> I just my favorite line of the whole film uh, is when she's look she looks in the door and you hear the girl they're trying to make him breathe the laughing gas, and you just hear the little girl. I don't know, my mother, uh, my oh, parents yeah. told me to never breathe anything from strangers. <laughs> your parents never told you that. That is the most bizarre thing to tell a child. <laughs> Don't breathe anything. Don't from breathe strangers. anything from strangers. What? It's like the. It's it's such a great line. Because <laughs> it's 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 almost not funny. Well, it doesn't it make any sense. That's why it's great. <laughs> it's like if you're, if you're not paying attention, you almost miss that. That's right. And also waiting. Uh, uh, gone to see Santa. I like is visiting Santa. Going to see Santa. Oh right, right, right. Like, yeah. Man, Mary Warnos. She's been on a ton of stuff. That's right, because she's fucking awesome. Calamity Jane. Death also Race an artist. And was also with, uh, she was also a uh, writer. Warhol. And she also worked with uh, Warhol. Yeah. She was in the, with the Warhol family. That's pretty cool. She's the shit. She was in a movie in 2012. Her last credit is Attack of the 50-Foot Cheerleader, where she played House Mother. Mm -hmm. uh, She's been in a ton of television, too. I mean, Night of the Comet's a, a great little end-of-the-world film. Oh, yeah. It, it, it reminds you of a lot of other ones, uh, like... Um, uh, it's that one with... Uh, there's, like, the, 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 the fish, the man, and the devil, something like that. Um... The, the fish, the man, and the devil. It's something. Something. This. Something. Something. The devil. Uh, Bel Harry Belafonte's in it. It's three things. And the last one's the devil. I can't think of it right now. It's something. The something and the devil. 
And Terry Belafonte uh, is the only guy on Earth, and he meets this girl, and then a third guy shows up and blows everything to hell, which that's always what happens. Um, also, Quiet Earth, same, same kind of premise. You've seen Quiet Earth before. Quiet Earth, is that the one with the full frontal nudity? Yes, that's where the guy kills himself, and then yeah. he survives the apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we, now, I think I, we, for, we talked about that when we did our uh, Valentine's Day special. Oh, yeah, the full frontal Valentine's yes, Day. Best, best yes. Valentine's Day ever. Episode... 12? Yeah, all male full frontal. I think that was episode twelve. Yeah, it was it was male full frontal, not female. Correct. Right, and the one only ones we'd seen. Yeah. It was. It was <laughs> it, well, I don't say it like that. Uh, it was like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It was just. A, it was almost like a confessional episode. Um, but I, for me, I've always felt that Night of the Comet was a kind of a remake slash ripoff of Day right. of the Triffids. Oh, yeah, okay. Which has a very similar plot. There is a, a comet flying over that everybody's looking forward to seeing, but in Day of the Triffids, anyone who's looking at the comet when it goes over goes blind. Uh, the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Thank you. Uh, anyone watching goes blind when the comet goes over, and then it, the comet. so the comet makes most of the population blind, and... It creates six, uh, ten foot tall killer daffodils. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. You never saw Day of the Triffids? No. Oh, be best line in the film is like there's a radio announcer, and I'm paraphrasing slightly, but this is really what he says: is like, uh, if you see a ten foot flower walking down the middle of the street, do not approach. Let's <laughs> say like, can do. Yeah. It's a cute little film. Oh yeah. I actually just got a copy of the book it's, it's based on, but I haven't read it. Oh, really? Yeah, the book's not called Day of the Trippets, though. It's called something else. Um, so I just got texted always, a, a picture of some woman's uh, finger in my wife's nose. Uh, <laughs> she looks like she's oh, in a lot of pain. Also, on the Facebook page, I just I was doing some screenshots for our, our Tumblr. Uh -huh. And and I, I, uh, I, as is like popular now, sometimes I like to take pictures of the screenshots with the with the um, subtitles. And and sometimes the subtitles they they don't they describe what's happening instead of the actual dialogue. Oh really? And so I put a couple up on Facebook that I that I giggled at and I shouldn't have because it's very juvenile. <laughs> Are they up now? Yeah, you can show them on the screen. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Cox. <laughs> All right, I, I want to scoot this over. There we go. Well, dur dur during the scene where they're shooting the the back tens at the car, they, the, when she uh, when she um, racks back the chamber on the on the Mac ten, the first time she does it, the subtitle beneath it in, in brackets was cocking. I was like, oh, that's un that's a uh, that's um. Uh, unfortunate. <laughs> then right after that, it's like just cocks. It's like okay, good Cox. screenshot. I need that. <laughs> nice. I couldn't help it. I was like that. That was a must. Definitely. But but all you know, juvenile humor aside, I mean the film oh, for the ultra low budget. The film is very well shot. Um, it doesn't feel amateurish at all. And it doesn't really pull too. I mean, you get some of that typical horror film stuff, like near the end when they're in the uh, the the 
think tank bunker. There's a lot of smoke and backlightings. All right, you know, maybe there's a bit too much of this going on. But yeah, well, uh, it suffers from you know the '80s itis. It just yeah the low not, not, the low budget and the the TV esque type of filmmaking. So but not horribly so. Not, not as bad no, as like definitely watching, not. Um, it yeah, definitely had it, yeah. It definitely has that movie budget feel to it, and it has very little of that TV movie feel to it. But like, not a lot of films can escape that from the eighties, right? And that's what I'm saying. It kind of successfully does that to an extent. I like like watch Savage Savage Season, not Savage Season. Savage Streets. Uh, Savage Streets. Savage Streets. Yeah, it feels right. like a TV movie. It feels like a bad low budget movie. Yeah, right. But this doesn't have that. This feels like oh, it, it feels like a, a studio production, even though it's not. It does, and, and um, it, it, a lot of that is just I think from from the uh, the economic the economic way it shoots certain scenes. Uh, there's there's a stylized feeling to it, almost like a comic book panel feel in some areas. Uh, so when it occasionally laps into your typical '80s horror film uh, tropes, like the the double fucking dream sequence and the the smoke at the end, uh, the, the you know the the fog and shit. It's almost like an afterthought. Like you 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 give it that because there's so much else going on. And when I say so much going else going on, it really is kind of a slow film. I didn't ever occur to me until I rewatched it that Hector meets these girls, mm-hmm. then like leaves the next morning, and then when he comes back, he's risking his life to save them. Yeah. It's like they really don't get to know each other that well before he throws himself into hero status. Uh, things kind of move quickly in the movie. Yeah, no, they really do. I mean, well, hey, I, when, I, when you're promised Texas, you, you come back. Yeah, I mean, the, the, well, the whole film probably takes place in a 48-hour time period. That's probably accurate. I mean, it's very. It's like only only they spend one the one night when the comet hits, the next night when uh, they stay with Hector and Hector doesn't take a pass at her, uh, and then the third night when they rescue him. So it's like three days. It's like thirty. Uh, thirty six hours. Even Mary, I think Mary Warrenoff even said that, didn't she say? Uh, in thirty six hours, we'll be dust. So, well, but she's but she's saying. Yeah, but I mean, she's estimating. I, I don't know if they're actually. Well, no, no. Well, what I'm getting at is, you're right. It's an extremely short period of time. Even if it's Which, more than 48 hours, it's not more than three or four days tops. Hmm. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, hey. I'd say 72 hours, like almost round the clock, and it, it it's and again economic. They don't spend a lot of time. They don't drag shit out, uh, but they manage to get a lot in there, and it feels like you're sitting through this long story. When in actuality, you're not. I think that's a credit to the filmmakers, uh, writing and otherwise. Uh, one speaking of the writing of the film, one interesting thing I found uh, that I think I I'm assuming it's true, is that uh, the whole thing with DMK. Right. Uh, at the beginning, she's playing video games instead of working because she's a horrible employee, and she's pissed off because DMK had his name on instead of her. Right. Like she had she she had her initials for all of the. Uh, high scores, but Everything, somebody had raised one of them. Every high score you could get in a screen's worth was her name. Except, but she, but he took the sixth spot. She right. was pissed. Yes, she was. Apparently, that was not originally meant to be a setup. Oh, really? But uh, everybody on set and involved with the film kept asking them about it while they were filming. And so it got to the point. Of, okay, well now I have to put something in because obviously everyone's going to be asking the same thing and they see the film. 
so they so that ending with him is wasn't really intentionally done it was just in the script just to show the character tenacity and then later on it's like well all right i've started something i have to finish it and uh, I, I like that because that's the evolution of a, sto- a screenplay of a story where you add things you don't even realize how important they are. Right. And it's, um, it's hard. It's it's hard to watch this film and think that it wasn't done intentionally, like that it wasn't like set up from the beginning. But it's that's, I like that. Yeah. Uh, Mark Popple is the guy that plays DMK or Danny Mason Keenan, uh-huh. um, and he just he looked more familiar than he actually is. He had a very recognizable face. He looks like that kind of like beach bum '80s guy. He, you know, he, he almost reminds me of is the lead from Space Camp. Okay, yeah, sure. Got that. Look, he's got that look about him. Just that kind of like uh, not traditionally attractive, but kind of pleasant, easygoing blonde with the like, uh, um, like the, the if not braces, the appearance of braces. You know that weird sure. kind of sure, sure, like the Anthony Michael Hall, but not as geeky. Well, yeah, like the kid that they rescue, that's like Anthony Michael Hall's that's, like that's ugly, Anthony Michael Hall, yeah. ugly cousin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they, they were so casting the type in those days, it's not even funny. It's like, it's the same guy in every film. No, they just all look alike. I'm like, I'm like, for a split second, and I knew it wasn't him, but I'm like, wow, it kind of looks like Rusty? Anthony Michael Hall. It's like, Rusty? <laughs> but it's like, oh, man, that's like his really ugly cousin. <laughs> uh but yeah, he uh, he stopped acting in 1997. According to IMDb, he's still alive. Wow, good but, for him. Yeah, good for him. He was in a film called Dead on Relentless Two with uh, Ray Sharkey. <laughs> I like the first Relentless. Because he was in the sequel. I never saw the sequel, but I like the first one. I don't think I've ever seen the first one. And isn't that the film with um, Kurt Russell? It's Judd Nelson, Robert Loja. Oh, that one! I'm thinking of um, I'm thinking of the one where where Kurt Russell they're kidnapped by the truck drivers. Oh, that's uh, oh, that's uh, uh breakdown. That's breakdown. That's yeah. not relentless. I don't know where I got relentless from. That never mind. That's okay. Relentless is the one where um. Uh, he's he's a serial killer, right? Uh, ye- Ooh, wait a minute. Uh, Judd, Judd, Judd's a serial killer. Judd Nelson, yeah. Judd Nelson came out in '89. Two Los Angeles police detectives, cynical veteran Malloy and, and cocky rookie Dietz, hunt for a serial killer, an ex-cop yeah, yeah. named Taylor. Yep. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it, but I know of it. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen cool. it either. Um, as we come to the end oh, of five point nine. <laughs> as we come to the end of the movie. Uh, Night of the Comet. Uh-huh. I do have to mention that uh, with all the '80s shit in this film, of course it ends with your typical '80s soft ballad. Oh, of course. Ah, it wasn't as good as like the ones. Ri- it wasn't written for the movie though. I'm like listening to the lyrics. I-, I I love like the Lethal Weapon ones. Oh right. Over the t- over the top. They wrote you know one just for. I, just, I love it when they actually write it for the film. It's always the action films though. I guess horror films don't get it. No, they but never, I love never those do. '80s. What? They never do. Yeah, but I love the well. Now, yeah, I guess. But I just love those '80s uh, action film power ballads at the end end credits. Just fucking, I wanted like a whole collection of those. I, I was actually wanted to get, play those at the wedding, but I was I was vetoed on that. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. What about just like one or two, like really good ones? I was vetoed on that. 
your wedding. I got too. other stuff in. I got other stuff in. I, I successfully finagled um, "Sex Machine" by James Brown. That's going to be on our playlist. <laughs> but you know, but you know, in in in, uh, in agreement to that, I agreed to allow um, uh, "Roller Coaster of Love." So it's a fair trade. Roller Coaster of Love. Okay. Roller Coaster. You know a song. Which, uh, the original or the one that the Red Hot Chili Peppers did? Uh, they remade that song. Both are actually yeah, I, pretty good. I, I, I would assume the original. Okay. Yeah, fuck the Chili Peppers. <laughs> you can uh, you can have this, uh, you can play the song Love Train by Wolf Mother. That's a pretty good one. No. 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 Ah, that's a good one. No. Love but, Train. But, I mean, that, that's, I, I don't have much else. I mean, I, I had my favorite lines from the film. Uh... There, you know, I, again, I, I think the film stands that withstands the test of time, due partly to how well it was done. I think for a low budget film, it's done very well. Definitely. I, and I think they handle a meager script with with a limited cast exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. And and when you got Mary Warrenoff in it, you can't go fucking wrong. As long as you're not uh, Ty West. <laughs> fucking Ty West. He even spells his name like a hipster. It's like T I. Fucking. <laughs> What's that cock done recently? Uh, Has he released any new films since his last fucking abortion? I think he's actually quite. I think you're going to be disgusted at how busy he is. Oh come on! Oh, of course he's working doing an episode of Scream the television series. He's a fucking whore. <laughs> Wayward Pines. Uh, in a valley of violence is the next film he has this dated this year oh this already looks boring as shit in a valley of violence it's a long in movie a va- too it's in a town of misfits minutes. and nitwits okay oh Ethan Hawke's in it god damn it oh, oh yeah it's got a and Travolta oh my god they gave him real money oh He's going to try to pull off like a Coen Brothers type film. I can yeah. already smell it. Yeah. Anyone see this yet? Oh, no. The, the last uh, post in the forums is filming has begun. So they're filming it now. Then, then how does it already have a rating of 7? 90. Fuck all you people. Well, wait a minute. Fuck it said all filming has begun. Let me see when that was posted. That could have been Release eight date ago. in September 2016. It says. Oh, my God. It says fil- this post. Where it says filming has begun is from June of 2014. It's two years ago. And and it releases in September this year. So, holy shit, the movie's been made for a couple of years? And they're releasing it now? And, and, and well, not now, in September. And it's already got uh, seven stars on IMDb, and the film hasn't been released. 91 votes. Yeah, fuck you people. Seriously. Well, I guess because it. the film is so old, even though you haven't seen it, you could technically... We could put a shitty rating on it right now. I, if I, if only I didn't have scruples. Fuck him, talentless cocksucker. I'm sorry. Anyway, oh uh, god. Nine of the comment. Uh, currently rated at six point four. Yes. Unacceptable. Way too low. Yeah. Seven. I I agree. I think this film deserves a seven because it's not average. I think it actually does more with less, and. It's really easy to do a bad zombie film or a bad apocalypse film, and this film I thought does a very good job. I think I'd so be willing too. To defend it on several levels. Absolutely. 
I wouldn't go higher than seven, though. And you know what? The film only has itself and its dream sequences to blame. <laughs> no dream sequence? You'd go eight? Uh, probably not, but that's that's definitely a nail in the coffin for me against even thinking about it. Okay. I'm good with seven. All right. Seven it is. Um, yeah, pretty across the board, uh, demographics-wise. Uh, highest rating uh, is... 12,000 votes, which is kind of high for a film like this. Now, 12,000 votes. There are only 12 votes by... Um, there are only six votes by people under the age of 18. <laughs> they seem to like it, though. Uh, yeah, 6.8 and 7. Uh, across across the board, everybody's between 6 and 7. There's no real spike. Uh, and IMDb staff is actually one of the highest at 7.5. So, all right, they win one. Yeah, they got one right. Yeah. Cinemax special. I used, uh, I used to watch this constantly when it was on Cinemax. Oh, every time it was on. It's just a fun movie. There was another movie uh, that it was on the other day, or I, it was in my collection, and I just happened to go buy it. I'm like, man, this film was your quintessential Cinemax uh, you know, type movie. It was always on, and I can't remember it. Uh, another movie off the top of my head that I know that I do remember is the film The Wraith. That movie was always on Cinemax, the one with Charlie Sheen. And I only saw that once as a kid, so that was weird. Yeah, and there's like a European cut that has more nudity in it that I have. And what they showed on Cinemax didn't have all those extra scenes. Like that in the flashbacks, <laughs> there, there was some extra nudity. And in rewatching it as an adult, I'm like, where the fuck's all this nudity coming from? I don't remember this when I was watching it as a kid. All right, this is the most bizarre coincidence ever. What's that? But I was just double. I was just bringing it up because, like a lot of the films we've been, we've been reviewing recently, Night of the Comet has been released in a collector's edition by Shout Factory. Oh yeah, it's one of theirs. I bought it for Mayor right. for Christmas last year, not the yes. Christmas that passed the year before last. So Christmas right, twenty fifteen. Right, they released or it back in 2013. Yeah. Um, if you go to their website and go to their Night of the Comet Collector's Edition page, yeah. the screenshot from the film they have yeah. is one of my Cox pictures. <laughs> but without the Cox. Right, but it's the exact same picture <laughs> with the girls. I was like, it's, it's, like, it's creepy. So, how, so, so it's, it's, I, it's, I, I bet someone, <laughs> they took the screenshot. No, and, no, I made that screenshot myself on Facebook. No, I made it today. No, I know you did. Subtitle, right? So, they they got a screenshot of the exact same screenshot I made. That's just <laughs> fucking creepy, right now. That's a, that's a bizarre coincidence. Maybe maybe they liked the Cox part, but they couldn't put it, so they left it I, out. Maybe. <laughs> that 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 just freaked me out for a moment. It's like We're holy all shit. All sick. <laughs> oh, here's good old Willie. Yeah, but uh, Night of the Comic Collector's Edition, get it from Shout Factory, because they fucking rock. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, audio commentary with the writer-director, uh, with both of the girls, with production designer, uh, interviews with um, the girls as well. Uh, I read that... And I think uh, during that commentary is when they really started talking about uh, or trying to get a sequel made. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, and I, I read that originally they were supposed to have an interview with Mary Warrenoff, but they didn't get it in in time, so it's not on the DVD. Right. What was another movie that was like that, too? Uh, where they couldn't get it in on time. Oh, fuck. There was another Mary oh. Warrenoff film where they, they could... I guess she was busy or something came up. She couldn't be in the audio commentary. 
probably that Ty West abortion because she didn't want to be attached to it anymore. Mm, no, it was one of her older films. Like maybe, uh, maybe it was. Um, oh, probably Eating Raul. Maybe. No, no, I think it was. Uh, uh, fucking the the the. the Oh, the one with the satellite dish, the video something or other. Uh, fuck. Oh, TerraVision. TerraVision, yes. I think it was satellite that one. Dish. Satel- yeah, satellite Dish. Another another classic Mary Warnoff film. Also re- released by Shout Factory. And also reviewed by us. Also reviewed by us. Because we're awesome. Yeah. So do we have any idea what we're going to review... Well, I'm on vacation all next week, so I'm not around. Oh, fuck you then. Fuck me then. But do we know what we're going to review after that? Um, we had that one request for uh Yeah, Terravision is available from Shout Factory. It's on a double feature disc with the video dead. Oh, okay. I think so that, that I think they're going to got its own release, but it's cool that it's... I think it should have too. And I, I I'm not a fan of the video dead at all. Video Dead's a really shitty film. I think Terravision should have had its own... Uh, or Terravision should have got a better film to go alongside of. Terravision is shitty, but on purpose. Video Dead is shitty because it doesn't have any fucking money. Right. Uh, so that that's my feeling there. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, go to hell, mister. I'm, I'm going to be on vacation all week. And, I'm um, sorry, I'm, I'm taking some time off. Unacceptable. I'll never do it again. And, Better not. And um, <laughs> when we come back, we'll be watching that one film that was rec- requested on our Facebook page. I'm trying to remember it. Well, we've got a few. Um, yeah, I can't. And, let's not pick bonus. it. Let's not pick it now. I guess let's. Uh, no, I already know one that we're gonna do. You already uh, do. What are, the, what are the options again? Uh, we got Fifth Element. We got um, uh, off the top of my head. I can't. I wasn't asking off the top of your head. I thought you had like a list of it somewhere. I do have a list somewhere, and I, I it's in my email, and I don't feel like opening it up. Yeah, and in this fucking poll we used sucks balls. Garbage Pail Kids was one. Yeah, that's not the one I was thinking of. There, there's one on the list that we're gonna do, and we'll announce it on the website, or the Facebook page, because it's gonna it's gonna be, it's gonna happen. Alrighty. So are we done? We good to I go? I think we're I think we're done. Oh, cool. Let's go ahead and end this biatch. All right. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, I should get some sound going in there. That's what I should do. Yeah, hurry up with the sound. Oh, that's the wrong one. Oh, man. Where is it? Where's I don't the, know. Where's Did the audio? Where's the audio, goddammit? I loaded it up. <laughs> Stay away from cats. Cat, huh? yeah. That's right. <laughs> Uh-huh. That's oh, right. Yeah, baby. Hold on, I got it. It's right here. About fucking time. It's about motherfucking time. Okay. Oh, that's why it's not playing. Because it's, it's the wrong one. <laughs> hey, I'm getting used to the new setup. I have to rename these better. That's what I need Yes, you to do. do. You're listening to I don't know. Yes, you are. I don't, know where, the, I don't know where the fucking audio is. Where the fuck? What did are you it go? doing? I'm looking for the. I'll just sing it. You can do this now. <laughs> oh, here it is. I got it. Finally. Oi. There we go.
we're good now. Ah. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, what is it? episode 213 of our show where we reviewed, tried to successfully, however you want to say it, Night of the Comet. You can go to our website at moviesucktastic.com. You can download all the shows there. You can listen to the show there. You can tune in live every Thursday at 8 o'clock. You can leave us voicemail. 908-514-4470. If you want to email us, themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. You can go to iTunes and you can download the show there as well. Or you can just listen to it right from, from there. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. You can also go to our Tumblr page at Tumblr, or no, I'm sorry, moviesucktastic.tumblr.com, and you can get the free Android app for your phone or tablet. 100% free. Everything I said is in there, and it's uh, it's always updated as well. And if you want, you can do a simple Google search or browser or search engine search for us. Uh, we come up everywhere. Just do a search for moviesucktastic, and uh, that about does it. I, I didn't do that real well this week. <laughs> you're you're already on vacation. You're phoning it in. I, I am. I I really am on vacation. It's hot down here. I'm tired. My wife is getting a nose piercing that I don't want her to get. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just annoyed all around. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I really am. Anyhow, uh, do you have any words of wisdom? Yes. Happy birthday, Joey. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, How big, old are you now? The big 4-0. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm the big 4-0. Yes. Yes, you are. I have a wife that thinks she's the big 2-0. <laughs> Compared to you, she is. Yeah, well. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> so I, I brought everything down. Oh, man. Yeah, that's okay. Hey. Anyway. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.